I was sitting here for a solid 20, 30 minutes trying to be thoughtful about what I was even going to be talking about. And, and this is just really my my effort to be intentional. The title, I had kind of gone through a number of different titles for what I'd be talking about and relationships just kept being the main theme. I was trying to be intentional because one, there's just a seasonality thing. I know a lot of people are thinking about relationships this time of year, Valentine's Day rolling around. It's just everywhere you go. Um, so I know that that was me just trying to be intentional to where people are in their minds. But I have a number of different things that I could talk about and speak to with regards to relationships, just given all the different things that I've gone through in my life, things I've learned, a lot of mistakes I've made, things I just didn't know. So I was being patient, again, about 20, 30 minutes, to just asking the Lord, okay, what is it that you want me to say? What would you like me to speak? I don't just want to speak speak to speak. I want to speak with intention and I want to speak what you'd have me speak. And quite honestly, there were a number of different things that I think came up for me, but I didn't have clarity as to the exact word or direction that I was going to be taking it. And I just kind of got the impression, uh, and this happens biblically often, you read stories in the Bible. I got the impression, TJ, open your mouth and let me put my words in you. So, you know, this is this is kind of like my act of faith in doing that. Or I was just being patient and prayerful and saying, okay, Lord, what is it that you want me to speak? Who am I speaking to? You know, the topic or the theme that you brought me to is relationships, but what exactly do you want me to say? because I could take it a number of different directions. And without having a clear path, he just gave me that opportunity to just speak, and I will put the words in your mouth. So if you're watching and listening and this resonates with you, excellent. Know that it's not me. <laughs> and uh, and obviously test that. You want to test in the Spirit, take it to Scripture and just see for yourself, hold fast to what's good, leave the rest. When it comes to relationships, there's a couple things that I think people need to get back to. Maybe I'll share a little bit of context. So the first is I've always been relationship-oriented. The way I would describe it is in people, it's natural for, for me to, to care for people, uh, to be curious about people's lives. And so then when it came to even romantic relationships, it wasn't hard for me to kind of grow in interest in somebody and to learn more about them and then, you know, see where that led in conversations, but 
without a lot of guidance in how to navigate romantic relationships, uh, it led me to boundarylessness, whether that were physical boundaries, uh, mental boundaries, heart boundaries that were crossed that I didn't even know existed. So it's hard to say they're crossed when they're not even drawn out for you. But they were. I, I crossed my own. I crossed others. And it caused a lot of damage in people's lives, their hearts and minds, myself included. What happens is when you don't have healthy guidance of what's best for you, when it comes to romantic relationships in particular, you can, uh, you can get into relationship and then you know, without that guidance, you maybe get entangled in different things, whether it's emotions or, you know, even just thoughts and beliefs and agreements you make about the other person, discussions around marriage, or even just uh, physical intimacy, where you are actually exchanging something with another person. And then when things go awry, or you realize this is not right, or whatever it might be, you rupture that relationship. And then, and then you just end up having to be uh, more wounded and and having more work to do to heal as you engage in the next relationship. And then it happens again. You have to heal again, even more. And then it happens again and again and again. And so that was kind of the story of my journey where I would get very close and uh, cross all kinds of boundaries, emotional, physical, whatever it might be. And you know, get close somewhat quickly even, and then even have prolonged, uh, have years of relationship, and then it would rupture, something would happen, and I would just repeat the pattern without really healing. So by the time that I met my now wife, I was just a very fragmented person, and some of that was my own doing, because I was I was uh, very much given into my own flesh, my own kind of body's physical desires without self-control. I had um, a lot of kind of emotional manipulation that I had developed as habits or patterns in my relationships that caused a lot of damage for people. Uh, and that that in turn damaged myself. And then of course, and yeah, everybody else, they have their own issues too. And I'm sure that that was damaging for me. I'm just kind of speaking for myself. So over a series of relationships, whether very short or long term for me, I was very fragmented. I was hurting, didn't really have words for it, but that was the context of my relationship. And you know, what's funny is I, uh, it's not funny, but what I kind of like laugh at myself when I say this, because I look back and say, wow, you know, how blind can you be TJ? But this is truly, I believe what the enemy can do is he can pull the wool over our eyes and we can not see things for ourselves. It wasn't until I got married, really, that I started to recognize the depravity or the sin, uh, emptiness in my life that I'd had relationally, romantically in particular with women. And I started to realize, wow, like when I was a younger man, I had what I would call, and I wouldn't even name myself this as a womanizer, but I had womanizer tendencies is the way I'd describe it. And that word had never crossed my mind as like, oh, that's something that I would identify with. Number one, I didn't even really know what it meant. But number two is it was just uh, maybe I was living in some kind of denial 
Uh, but what I, my point in saying that is, you know, I, I lived in comparison, comparison to other people. Like, oh, I'm not as bad as this person, or I, I didn't, I didn't have sex with as many people as this person, or, you know, I didn't get, I didn't, I didn't cross that line with this person, like these people do, or I didn't, you know, wasn't physically harming this person, or whatever it was, it was just unhealthy. I lived in some level of denial about my own habits or tendencies in my mind, if not my mind, even just in relationships. And and because I've always had a natural propensity, a lean towards not caring for people, genuinely taking interest, wanting to see the best in people, wanting to call out the best in people, it's even easier to live in denial of some of these things in your life. And so it wasn't until that I experienced a lot of loss um, with my dad dying and then going through counseling and then going through the process of healing as I was uh, in a relationship with my now wife and just kind of navigating a lot of what's called inner healing. So there was generational stuff that I'd inherited that I needed to heal from. There was also stuff that I, in my own past, so not my uh, biological parents' past and their parents' past that's generational, uh, or even my parents who raised me, there, it's it wasn't even in the things that maybe I received um, through being in the home, but it was, I'm talking now my past, I had to go through healing from my past. And I think it's first really important to recognize that those are both the reality, that you can have healing that you need to go through from your own past, but then you can also have healing that you need to go through that that was started or caused from things that happened long before you. So as I was going through all of that, whether it were in the, the natural ways of the world of counseling and you know the practical things to learn, psychology and all of this, or whether it was in the spirit where I was seeing, having visions and um, weeping for hours and the Lord ministering to me, uh, both of those things were a part of my healing journey, as was, you know, taking care of my body and realizing, wow, like, you know, I've, I've really kind of disassociated with parts of myself because of shame uh, from my past. And reconciling all of this was very difficult. I was a fragmented person for a variety of reasons, not just relationship, but um I had to go through this process of being whole again, and that is not, there's not one kind of method to that. Uh, it is very much uh, kind of a number of different things that can come together to help you on your journey. And I'm still on that journey, but it wasn't until I was in that process of becoming whole again that I realized my own depravity or my own sin or my own whatever it might be. And one of those things was, wow, I had like womanizer tendencies and wow, actually like I really struggled with lust and like that, that entered at an early age in my life. And thank God, you know, pornography was kind of a here and gone thing. I know a lot of people still struggle with pornography. My struggles have, some struggles that stuck with me were different. Um, but I just know how vulnerable uh, we are as men and women. I'm speaking to men in particular. And, and if we open our minds to lust, uh, if we open, hear me, if we open our minds to lust and then, you know, don't deal with it, uh, 
what can it can wreak havoc in our lives and um and for me it was more quiet it was more inside um than it was kind of this external thing but it did show up in my life through relationships and patterns of dysfunction and things just not working even though relationships were good you know I, and maybe even long term for a few instances and then i would have kind of these shorter term pins of like well that's not working so let me try something else and you know i ended up doing things that i was just super regretful i guess you would say is the word but um repentant about uh i don't even know if that's the right word for that but it's like i i genuinely had this kind of um sadness and and change in my as a result of the sadness this is what repentance is as a result of the sadness it was like me turning to god because i was so sad it wasn't like oh i feel bad and i'm not doing anything it was like no i feel so sad and bad about whatever it is who i've hurt um or what i've done to to myself even in the process of these relationships that didn't work out and just my lack of boundaries or lack of understanding or things that i just didn't know i was dealing with uh god i i don't want whatever i've been doing i want you to to give me your ways of thinking and so yeah i think kind of the starting point um for a much longer conversation if you're listening the starting point is kind of getting some context to your own background and aligning it with reality and that can be hard because you might look at your life and go dang you know i've been a good person and i treat people well but maybe i have a challenge or an issue in part of my life romantically and for some people just frankly and this is this is not a popular opinion and that's okay this is my perspective and that's also okay um for some people lust may not look like lust towards the opposite sex it might look like lust towards the same sex and uh and so they can misappropriate that or misidentify that with um believing that there is in their identity that they are only attracted to the same sex and i'm not here to determine that but what i can say is lust is lust whether you deal with attraction towards the same sex or the opposite sex it doesn't make it right so for me in example you know having lust towards the opposite sex that doesn't mean that it's right just because i have a spirit soul and body and in my body i had opened up my brain to and then my soul my mind to things that were of frankly the kingdom of darkness which is like no self control and so i know the fruit of the spirit produces self control and so i know um that if i'm not living with the fruit of the spirit that i'm not living by the spirit right a mind governed by the spirit is life and peace a mind governed by the flesh is death and for me i know that if i was living by lust it can seem like it's right because you can do whatever you want but in the end you feel empty inside and it and and it leads to death so to speak at least it did in my life so 
you know, I think it's important to recognize your own context and that, you know, for example, I'm using this example of lust, like lust is lust no matter what you, uh, no matter what you identify it as, whether it's towards the same sex or the opposite sex, lust is still lust and it's something to have a conversation with God about. And, and I believe like when it, w when we're thinking about relationships and even just this context of like, okay, what's your own journey? You know, what, what's been your story? I don't care to compare like your story to mine or mine to another's or your to another's. Your story is your story, but you have to get kind of a grip on reality. This is what I'm describing from my own journey where you have to say, okay, like this is something that for me was not right. And even though maybe I had some glimmers of hope and success or opportunity and relationship that seemed right, like something deep down was not right. Lord, I need you to show me. I need you to give me your perspective on these things because otherwise I'm just going to continue doing the same thing and it's not working. And so I really believe people, you know, one of the biggest issues is in relationships is not having right understanding of your reality. And for me, that was a years long journey. Um, I can give you different examples of people who run into relationship challenges, roadblocks, patterns, um, dysfunctional patterns, uh, only to discover that a lot of it has to do with the fact that they are directed toward people out of self-hatred toward the parts of themselves. So by denying, uh, you know, and I say denying, by hating parts of themselves, they lead they lead or, or kind of find themselves with a person who does not um, identify with that part of themselves that they don't like. And, and so, you know, having some discoveries of, wait, like I actually really have had a challenge in some of these things relationally where, um, you know, there's parts of me that I won't, either bring to a relationship or even identify with uh, because I hate it so much. Like, man, you got to, uh, you got to acknowledge it, you know, and you got to kind of get a grip on that because until you can at least acknowledge it, um, you're just going to continue to suppress a part of you. And what I mean by this is it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, you have to um give in to self-hatred, I guess, is the is the point I'm trying to make. Like, one of the things I've been learning in marriage over the last 12 months or so is that there are parts of me that I don't necessarily like. Um, being in relationship with Jesus uh, shows us, you know, that we, that we have those parts inside of us um, because it is very sanctifying. But then being in the marriage and the natural, the physical, uh, it really shows us because you, you now have like the natural image of our supernatural kind of relationship, which is, which is in our spirit beings, a marriage. Um, and so for me in marriage, I've been discovering some of these things around what I, I don't like inside of me. And the fact that I don't have to, uh, change everything, but I do need to at least acknowledge it and hand it over and accept that this is a part of me 
and 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 not try and like hide it, suppress it, keep it from anybody, myself included, um, and also not give it too much authority. And that's that's the other key that I was trying to get to earlier when I said you don't want to give too much to self-hatred. Like you don't want to give too much to the thing that you don't like about yourself. You don't want to give too much authority there, but you do want to acknowledge it. And I think um, for many people in an attempt to... Uh, in an attempt to try and like cover the things they don't like about themselves, uh, which is ultimately like some version of low self-worth, they end up pretending like everything's okay or accepting um, being treated a certain way, which is less or lower than their standards. And then they end up unhappy, not at peace, um, all because of this cyclical thing of not being able to accept who they are and um, and then that, the other key of, of also not giving it too much authority. So, yeah, there's just some context here laying a foundation for yourself when it comes to relationships that's really important. And um, on my journey of kind of getting a grip on reality of what my relationships had been, uh, that also was going on while I was healing. And I think sometimes for people... If they're on the road towards marriage, for example, they're single, uh, they'd like to be in a relationship or they're, or they're, you know, for the purposes of this conversation, if you're not married, you are single, even if you're dating somebody. But anybody who's in a relationship or not, yet still not married, I think one of the, um, one of the ideas that can creep is like, oh, I, how do I get ready? How do I how do I prepare myself for a relationship? And I need to be, I need to the answer to that question for a lot of people is like, well, I need to be and insert the blank. I need to be whole. I need to be healed. I need to go through this. I need to get that. Um, and I would say no. Like the best thing that you can do is is like I mentioned first, getting some context and getting a grip on reality of what you're relationship history has been for yourself not not uh not comparative to anyone else and then really being able to uh point yourself in the direction towards the lord where you say whatever it's been you know good bad ugly i just want healing like i i want to to give my attention to what is going to be best for myself and for the other person. So Lord, can you lead me to the right people? Can you help me and put me in the right places? Can you give me the right habits or practices that I need to start putting myself in that direction of healing, of wholeness, of changing these patterns of dysfunction? That might mean that you know, you then start being proactive and start searching for opportunities. It also might mean that uh, you find yourself as a result of that prayer. It also might mean that you find yourself in a place where you are presented with opportunities to receive prayer, to make new decisions, to have wise counsel, to learn something, to learn something new about your 
new way of doing relationships, uh, your new way of thinking, your new way of speaking and behaving, things that you might not have done before. So it's important to recognize all those things. Even, even, and I, I know I mentioned that's for people who are single and, you know, dating. But even if you're still married, I think it's very important that we're putting ourselves in a position to, to continue healing. And if we're really seeking the Lord and saying, Lord, okay, I trust you. I trust your timing. Now, if the opportunity presents itself where, you know, we are seeing the turn point for relationship towards marriage, etc., and we know that we still have so much more, like just receive that opportunity for what it is and trust that the Lord's still going to work through and um, and help heal you in that marriage. And, and of course, there's wisdom behind any of these any of these decisions that you need to be seeking. But um, but if your prayer, if your mind and your heart are, is truly there, is truly in a place where you're saying, okay, Lord, I want to be healing, I want to be whole, I want to be doing relationship in the way that you see it. You do at some point have to trust, okay, like he's in it, he's in what you're doing. Um, one of the things, and I have a, call here in a second, so I'm going to hop off. One of the things that I think uh, people really don't understand when it comes to the whole relationship growth thing um, is they get into they get into the place where they're like, am I really ready for marriage? And they're especially I know with men this happens often. I don't know so much with women, but I definitely know it happens with men from a lot of conversations I'm in. They get to that place where they're trying to discern that next step for marriage, but yet they're opening the door to all these things that are not helpful in discernment, whether it's pornography, whether it's crossing the physical intimacy boundaries and then feeling bad about it, whether it's you insert the blank and it's like that's not helping you make decisions to think clearly that's like saying you know for example it's like i'm gonna follow this clean eating plan for the next 30 days so that i can have more consistent energy and then you cram skittles in you know for every lunch meal like five bags and then you blame the plan for not working. That's what people are doing with God when they're like, Lord, I want discernment. But then they invite all this stuff in that is not helping, whether it's in their thinking or through their behaving. And so I would say, you know, we've talked about getting some reality for your some context for your reality and being real with that, I think it's really important that each one of us can, when we're seeking clarity, whether it's a relationship that you're in or even just you hope to be in, um, if it's really a focus and priority, just recognize like that means there might be some things that you need to stop doing so that you uh, can help give 
the um, the best chance that you can to have the clarity and discernment that you need. Um, I do have a couple other thoughts here. And let me just pause for a second while I think about Yeah, I see. Um, so I see somebody who is trying to know how to do relationships by reading, and it's not working. And I, I, I just see like you're you're trying to read and educate yourself on relationships, and it's just like not translating. So I I see like two things. One is um, change the book you're reading. And I don't, the book that I saw was not the Bible. That's okay. There's plenty of books out there that are very helpful and even biblically based that are relationship books. And I know Holy Spirit has spoke to me through all kinds of stuff in my life when I was on my journey, earlier on my journey. So I know he can do that, but I also know that the Bible is is the Word of God and truth and the best starting point, especially when it comes to something as important as relationships. So that was that's one of that's a suggestion is change the book. And then the other thing I hear is it's not so intellectual. It's spiritual. And what that can mean is that we are approaching our life through the brain. And if we approach our life through the brain and we don't consider the other things like the spiritual side of things, we can spend our life managing. What I mean by that is there's a real difference between having freedom and being free from something that you're tormented by in your mind and managing weakness through tools you get intellectually. I've seen many people, myself included, who are raised in the intellectual. Honestly, just get fed up and exhausted from trying to manage their lack of contentment, the confusion, the dysfunction that might show up in relationships, for example. And I've seen in my own life and in many other people's lives 
when they surrender their own ways, when they give them to God and say, God, these are my ways and they're not as good as your ways. And I don't even know what your ways are yet, but I know my ways aren't working. I've seen him show up in powerful ways that bring freedom, true inner freedom, freedom that brings a peace that surpasses understanding. And it starts with understanding that we're not fighting flesh and blood. You, know, you can't you can't think about everything carnally in the visible what you see. There's so much to our world that is in the spirit, the invisible, what you don't see. And it's not until you surrender to the fact that actually there might be a whole lot more here that God is that I don't. And maybe he can show me something. It's not until you surrender to him that you really give him that permission to to do something to change your life. And I think for some of you listening, you have struggled with that surrender intellectually. And that's the picture that I was seeing where someone's trying to read about relationship intellectually and God's saying, change the book and realize that it's the spirit. And so, Lord, even just right now, I pray for whomever that for whoever that might be. You know, if they're watching and listening and this perceiving something in their spirit, I pray your spirit is all over that, Lord. The one true God, your Holy Spirit, our spirit's all over that, and that you lead that person into wisdom about relationships and even just discernment of uh, what's not working and what to go to and how to go to it. You know, Lord, just like you did with me in Proverbs, that you would speak to them personally in their unique circumstance and situation. I pray you show up in a way that they can't deny, that you encounter them in a way that they can't deny, that you would change the trajectory of their relationships in their life. I see... Um, Somebody is, uh, they have animals that they find camaraderie with. And there's nothing wrong with that, that there can be some, some level of companionship. But I see that they're finding their companionship with animals out of a place of not having hope for companionship with the person, significant other, because of whatever, some lie that they believed about themselves or, you know, something they've experienced in their own reality that the enemy wants to use against them.
And I just hear the Lord going, I have not made animals, animals your companion. Like, and what I hear when I say that is, it's not that animals can't provide companionship, but I just hear him saying, I've not made animals your companion. Like, don't, don't try and find what I've made in something that is not the intent. So, What's funny is I see like the golden calf. Moses goes up on the mountain and they build an idol. They build a golden calf. They take the earrings and they take all these different things and they melt them and they put them in, make this idol to worship this animal. And it's like, you know, a few minutes ago, Moses, they're telling him, hey, all these crazy things about an encounter with God. And then he goes away and they forget and they make an idol. And it's like, man, even a few minutes ago, the Lord might've been speaking building hope and giving giving some opportunity for you to see what a future with somebody could even look like by his design but then you just forget maybe be, maybe because the animals in your life and has provided some comfort up until this point or or maybe it's just because what i hear is maybe it's just because it's it's you find yourself not near to god and um, so, yeah, I would just maybe even ask the Lord, like, what is it that, if anything, what is it that you're speaking to me, if that's me? Um, take it to Scripture and, and ask him if there's anything he wants to be highlighting. But I think that there's the opportunity for for companionship outside of the way that you've been finding it. So funny, I had a call delayed and now I can see why there's just something else Yeah, somebody, I just sent somebody saying marriage is not for me. Like marriage is not my, my thing. And what I see is marriage was not on display by God's design in your family. And as a result, you believe the lie that marriage is not for you. But marriage, I see it being a woman marriage to a man again i'm hearing a woman i'm seeing a woman and i'm hearing that uh marriage to a man is for you even if it hasn't even if you haven't had the example of what it could look like it's possible god can show you But do you believe God can show you? Even when you haven't had the opportunity to see how it's done, do you believe God can show you? And this might challenge you because you're that type of person who needs the preparation, the process, the procedure, the whatever it is. But I'm just sensing your marriage is for you. Do you believe God can show you? Even if you haven't had that example.
again, that's what I'm what I'm sensing for a woman in her hope for marriage for a man to a man, which I believe there's God's design that she is yet to see marriage done rightly. Again, these are just things that I kind of loosely mentioned it, but these are just things that Holy Spirit's highlighting to me. And just in healthy spirituality, I know sometimes people don't know what that means. Um, you, know, you could walk down the street. I remember one time I walked down the street, I was in Huntington Beach, and somebody was saying like, hey, death comes near. Death happens to everybody who comes near me, and I knew it was the devil. I just said, not by the blood of Jesus over me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, somebody might have been hearing something from a spirit, but it wasn't the one true God spirit. I knew it in my spirit. And I was able to discern that. Uh, but had I just been one of these people who maybe even just earlier in my maturity spiritually just said, sure, you know, whatever anybody says to me in the spirit must be of God. It's like, eh, that's not true. Um, so I had to learn over time. You do have to test the things of the spirit. Uh, you do have to test what's being said to you. And, um, yeah, and scripture is the, is the place to do it. Do not, I would, I would strongly encourage you to not just come into agreement with anything anybody says and says, oh, God says, or I hear this. You do not know who their God is. And, uh, you know, the enemy masquerades as an angel of light. So I would strongly encourage, you know, take anything you hear and bring it to God and let him shine his light on it uh, through scripture and um, see what he wants to share with you. And if nothing, hold fast to what's true. And if nothing stands or, or holds ground for you, then toss it. Don't agree with it. You don't want to make blind agreements. So that's just a note more so for, for healthy spirituality. So I, I share all this to say, you know, at the start of this whole thing, I was communicating, oh, I'm not, not quite sure which direction you want me to take this, Lord, but I think by the end here, I have some understanding of a few things. But maybe just to recap, the context for your life when it comes to relationships, getting back to the basics of like getting a grip on reality, What's been your situation, your own sin, your own depravities? And then are you willing to let God show you how to do things differently? Uh, you don't have to be ready to be whole, to be fully healed, all of these things, to be married. Uh, but I do believe, you know, you have to be committed to the journey. And if you and the other person are committed to the journey, man, you're set up for success. That's for sure. So I hope that that's uh, strengthening and encouraging and helpful. And if you guys haven't, uh, I have a podcast you can listen to, um, 10 seasons. I talk about relationships, I think in season four, my wife's on there too. Um, but bless you guys. Thanks for listening. Share this with somebody, tag somebody if, if this blessed you.